Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. We're kicking off this uh, brand new series for the remainder of October today that we're calling Ghost Stories. Ooh, right? No, nobody, okay. Ghost Stories, not so spooky series about the Holy Spirit. Um, and we call it ghost stories because some of y'all uh, around here, especially maybe y'all have referred to y'all have heard him referred to before as uh, the Holy Ghost and not the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's you know there's a couple different uh, ways that that churches will refer to him based on different Bible translations, but that's who we're talking about this month. And in this series, I hope to really shine a light on the Holy Spirit, like who who he is, what he does, why he's important, and hopefully um, by the end of the month, I want to have cleared up some of the misconceptions about him and how he works in the earth and um, and all of those things. Our series verse is found in John chapter 16, verse 7. This is out of the English Standard Version. And it says this, Jesus is talking to his disciples before um, he knows he's about to be taken by the, by the Romans. He knows he's about to be taken by the Jews and he's going to be killed and, and all that is about to happen. And so these are kind of the last things that he's talking to his disciples about before he knows he's about to be snatched up in the middle of the night. And, and he's telling them, and you know, a lot of this chapter here... He goes on, and, and, and you can find out a lot about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 15, John chapter 16, um, and, and I think even going into John chapter 17 some, you can find out a lot about what Jesus promises the Holy Spirit is here for and what he's going to do. And so right here he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, talking to his disciples, it's to your advantage that I go away. Now, if I'm a disciple of Jesus, how crazy is that to hear? Like, like, he's, he's telling him, hey, I'm about to be taken, I'm about to be killed, but it's for your good, it's for your advantage that I'm not going to be here. If I'm one of his disciples, I'm thinking, that can't be true, because I just spent the last three years with you, you've changed my life, you've changed everything about me. And, and Jesus said, yeah, I'm about to be taken, though, but it's for your good that I'm not going to be here with you anymore. He says, it's, it's for your advantage that I go away. But now he gives him the reason why. For if I don't go away, the helper, talking here about the Holy Spirit, see it's capitalized, the helper, uh, some, some, some translation will say the comforter or the advocate. If I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I do go, then I'm able to send him back to you. He said, I've got to go to heaven, and when I do, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send back the Holy Spirit so you don't have to do this all alone. You, you spent three years with me, but you're going to spend the rest of your life with the Holy Spirit. Now this chapter, he goes on to talk about this Holy Spirit, and this is straight from the mouth of Jesus, and, and it's very descriptive of who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. He says some things like, uh, he goes on to say that the Spirit will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Um, hopefully one of these weeks I'll, I'll unpack what that means. It's probably not what you think um, it means. He, he refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of truth, 
The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he says he will guide us into all truth. So that moment that you've ever, you know, you've ever just felt like, ah, something's not right about this, and, and you're a believer, that's the, Holy, that's the spirit of truth operating and guiding you into um, all uh, uh, truth. And it, it says he won't speak on his own accord, he won't speak on his own authority, but he'll hear from Jesus and he'll deliver it to us. So the things that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, he is speaking. Um, he's hearing it from Jesus and he's, and he's, he's delivering it to us. Uh, it, the Bible says later on that, that the Holy Spirit is going to declare to us the things that are to come. He's going to tell us the future. If you're now not in the crazy way that you guys are thinking, you're not sitting behind the, the table and with the, with the cards or with the crystal ball or anything like that, but the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. And in fact, it, it, it will be things even sometimes that are not included in Scripture. That he's going to continue to show us things that are to come. Um, and, and then he'll glorify Jesus. Um, and, and I don't want to gloss over that one. But we're going to hit on it a lot more later in the, in the message. Um, I'm, I got a, it's not my notes, but I got a story, okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Just hit, hit me. So, so the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. I just want to give you guys a representation of what this might look like, okay? So um, it was about 2014. All right, I was, a, I was just a single dude traveling around. I'm going to tell you more about my, my traveling days in a minute, and you guys are going to laugh a lot. But, but it was about 2014, I was traveling around, and I was praying. I was like, you know what, God, I'm so done with trying to date around. I'm done with trying to figure this whole thing out. If I live my life by faith, I believe that I can pray, and you can show me who I'm going to marry. And, I, and I'm, I'm telling you, if I'm lying, I'm dying, okay? Just, God, if I'm lying right now, strike me down and let these people see it. So here's what happened. And I was, I was praying, and it was about, um, it was a funny event because uh, about March, April of 2014, uh, I have this dream. And in this dream, it's weird because I meet this girl, and... <laughs> Y'all won't believe it, but I'm telling you, it's true. I meet this girl, and she says, hi, my name is Cassie. And I go to speak, and I'm tongue-tied. For whatever reason, I can't get the words out like happens in the dream. Well, come on over to July of the same year, and I travel up here. I'm not from here. I'm from Florida. And uh, I travel up here to help with this ministry event. And the last night of this tent revival is going on for a week. The last night of this tent revival, my pastor pulls me over to the side and he introduces me to this girl. And lo and behold, I go and talk to her. Oh, actually, I didn't talk to her. I go step up to her and she says, hi, my name's Cassie. And I thought, oh my God, because I've seen her before. It's crazy. I've seen her before in my dream. And then I go to speak, and guess what? I'm tongue-tied. I can't say a thing. So she thinks I'm real weird. <laughs> like just, but, but anyway, hey, something worked out because I married her, and she's serving right back there in the kids today. But let me tell you. Yes, thank you. That was, you're like, praise God. He found somebody. Somebody to love me. <laughs> Freddie Mercury, anybody? 
You're welcome. No, anyway, sorry. Um, but, but I'm telling you, this is how the Holy Spirit will work. He'll show you some things that are to come. And he knew I was just dumb enough that if he didn't show me that in the dream, I probably would have just done something stupid, like told her, hey, I had a dream about you in the first Actually, no, I did that. And she said, oh, cool. And then we got married a few months later, everybody. So <laughs> if you're looking for dating advice, y'all, I'm just, I'm here for you. I'm just kidding. Don't do what I did. <laughs> oh man, that wasn't even my notes. Thank you. Listen, I just think somebody needed to hear that this morning. So anyway, we'll get into some of the specifics of these things later on in this series. But today, I'm really hoping to make an introduction to you of, of the Holy Spirit. And, and when I was preparing for this series, it was actually uh, the most difficult series I've ever prepared for. And it wasn't because I, I couldn't figure out what to say. It was because there was so much there's so much in your Bible that talks about the Holy Spirit and who he is. He is integral since the beginning of time. He was the spirit that hovered over the earth as it was being formed. He was there before the earth was formed. He is God. And so there's so much that I could talk about. I was like, how am I going to fit this into just four weeks? And so I'm trying to be, guys, you could study your whole life and, and not figure everything out. out but, but I'm going to do my best to make every message simple, practical, and usable for you this month. It's going to be a fun, a fun month, fun month. If you got your Bibles today, uh, turn with me, and I'll get there in a second. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 32. Also, you can find your scripture on your message notes there. Um, and here's what's happening in Exodus chapter 32. Moses um, goes up on this place called Mount Sinai, and he, he's having a face-to-face -face meeting with God. And, 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 and they're getting all the, the commandments together, the Ten Commandments. It's written on two tablets of stone, and he's got all this. And so he's coming back down. I don't know if you guys know this, but the Ten Commandments were actually written on stone twice. Okay, and I'll tell you why. Because Moses is coming back down from the mountain after the first attempt, and then he sees Israel acting a whole fool, like, like they're, he's been up there for 40 days and they're, now they're down there worshiping golden calves and, and doing their own thing and, and he gets so mad, he gets so infuriated that he takes the first set of stone tablets and he throws them down and breaks them right on the ground. It just, it just that's something I feel like I could, I could do it. I'm telling you, I could do that so good some days. I could throw some tablets down and break them. But, but he throws them down on the ground and, he just, and they just break, they shatter. If I'm God, I'm like, oh my God, not again. Okay, come on back up, 40 more days, here we go again. But, but anyway, so Moses throws these down. And the situation got so bad, as he threw those tablets down and he broke them, there was punishment that had to be involved. And the punishment was this, found in Exodus chapter 32, starting in verse 27. And this is what he said to them. Moses said this is from the Lord, the God of Israel, says... Each man strap a sword to his side, go back and forth through the camp from one end to the other. Listen, each killing his brother and his friend and his neighbor. The Levites did as Moses commanded, and that day about 3,000 people died. There was a punishment. There was, there, was, there was something that had to happen for them turning away from God and turning to their idols and worshiping them. And, and, and the punishment for many of them was death. And about 3,000 people died that day. 
I don't know. I don't know what it's all about. I just know that, that thank God that it's not the day and age that we live in today because a lot of us would have no hope. Okay, but I want you also to turn over to Acts chapter 2 because there's a better story that I want to share with you this morning. In Acts chapter 2, Jesus had, had died. He had descended back to heaven, and he had told the disciples, go to Jerusalem and wait. Just wait for the Holy Spirit that I promised. And so you can find them in Acts chapter 2, 120 of them. Up in the, what's called the upper room of this building, 120 of them in there, and they're, they're up there praying. And I just want to take a moment, because 120 people were sitting in the upper room and praying, and you're about to see the outcome of that. But I want you to remember to not despise the days of small beginnings, don't despise the days where we only have, we have 120 people because that, that, that can go out and change this community. Don't despise the days where it's just a few of us sitting in a room together because Jesus changed the world with 120 of them. You would have thought, hey, Jesus was the master church planter, the master pastor. You think his church would have grown, right? He had 120 people at the end, and he changed the world with them. So I just want to tell you, don't despise what's happening here. Don't think small of what's happening here, because if God can do it then and change the world, he can surely change our community with the few of us that's sitting in this room right now. So Acts chapter 2, they're, they're praying, and they're sitting in the upper room, and, and it says there was a blowing of violent wind, like, like, blow your, like my wife says, it'll blow your hair back. These guys got their hair's blown, hair blown back. Well, some of them probably were bald, and so they got their, I don't know what sound it makes when it goes over there. I don't know. Some of y'all bald people, fill me in later. What does that sound like? Um, anyway, sorry. We do not discriminate here at Summit View Church. If you're bald, you're welcome here, okay? No perfect people allowed. Anyway, I'm all, I'm all over the place. So all of them, in the moment, this, this wind blew through this upper room, and it blew their hair back or their scalp back, and, and there was flames of fire that said that rested upon their heads, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And it said they began to speak in other tongues, which, 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 by the way, means they started proclaiming the gospel in languages that they had never learned before. And there was, they're in the middle of Jerusalem and, and, and the, the capital of Israel, and there's all these different nationalities that are coming around, and everybody was hearing the gospel proclaimed, this, the, the good news of Jesus proclaimed in their own language. God was, was, was speaking through them, the Holy Spirit was speaking through these guys in all these other languages. And then this guy named Peter, he was a real, he's a real uh, hard-headed guy. He was a real, a real piece of work. Okay, this guy named Peter, he, he, he's what the, the Catholic Church, he's, he's the first pope of the Catholic Church now. And so he was, he was the, one of Jesus' followers. And he jumps up and he declares boldly, he, he tells about Jesus, and he declares boldly that everybody that's there that's, that's listening to him needs to be saved and needs to be baptized. Wouldn't that be really crazy if I, like, if I just jumped up here one day and said, you know what, everybody in this room just needs to be saved, you need to be baptized, and then all of y'all did it, because that's exactly what happened. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, 
It says, those who accepted his message were baptized. And listen, about 3,000 were added to the number that day. 3,000. You know, God's pretty intentional about what he says and, and what, may, what he makes sure is communicated. And every detail matters, guys. When you're reading your Bible, every single detail matters. And at first glance, these stories don't make much sense together. They really don't. Like, what do they have in common besides the fact that they're both bound up in this same collection of writings that we call the Bible? But I think God shared both of these stories with intention. See, in the story in Exodus, we're dealing with the law of Moses or Mosaic law, that the, these Ten Commandments. And, and the punishment for that immediately, I might, might add, to disobeying these commandments was that the Israelite people, it, they were put, there was people put to death, plain and simple. And 3,000 people were killed that day. But then thousands of years later in Jerusalem, the capital city of Israel, there's an event that happened. And Peter gets up and he, and he preaches the very first message of the gospel. And 3,000 people were saved that day. Do you guys see the pattern here? 3,000, 3,000, 3,000. And I believe what God was trying to show is this, that, that any Jew that would be reading about this account would immediately recognize this, they, that 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 God included this number on purpose. Because with the law, with the old covenant of the law, the old agreement between God and man, the law could only produce death. It could only produce death. But with this new covenant that, that Jesus has established through his blood and through his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives life. Now, don't take my word for it. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. It says this. He has enabled us, talking about God, God has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends with, what's that word? Death. The old covenant ends with death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. God was showing that through His Holy Spirit, there is life, there is unity, there is restoration. And these are things that He wants to do in the life of every single believer and every single person that walks this earth. The title of the message today, as you're taking notes, is Up. Upgrade available. Upgrade available. Now turn to your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor say, there's an upgrade available. Now turn to your second choice and tell them there's a... No, I'm just kidding. Some of y'all are like, oh, I don't like them. So, so the, very first, um, the very first cell phone that I ever had an experience with was an old Nokia. You guys know the Nokias, right? Like, where are my Nokia lovers in the room? Yeah. So the, this was the kind that you pulled the antenna up, and, and it had a dust cover flap that would close on, on the numbers. And, um, and I, used to, I used to play with it as a kid, and of course, I didn't use it. Um, 
my dad would just let me play with that when he'd moved on to bigger and better things. But um, from what I hear, cell phones used to be very, very expensive. Not the cost of the phone so much, but the service of it. Like it cost $737 to make a one-minute call. I'm talking like they're, 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 they're so expensive that if you needed to dial 911, you better have just died and come back to life, you know, just in time to dial the 911 like, if, if you weren't dying, you better not be dialing. You know, that was the, the motto. Just, but, but back in the day, I tell you, phones weren't like they are now. Like, like if you guys don't know that, if you're, if you're kind of younger sitting in the room, phones didn't always used to be like they are now. In fact, the first phones didn't even have games on them. First phones you wore as a backpack. Like, like you wore, it was a backpack phone. And, and it, and they didn't even have games. Like the first, the first game I remember playing on one of those Nokias was this game called Snake. Snake. You guys ever played Snake? And, and you're just, it's just this, it's just this dot that just, do, 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 do. and you can't run into yourself or else you've, you've bit yourself, I guess was the thing. I don't know. But, but they ain't like, <laughs> somebody come up today, can I play games on your phone? No, there ain't no games on this phone, buddy. This is a Nokia. This, but, but one thing about that Nokia, this phone's going to la- out. your battery is still charged to this day. <laughs> like that phone going to outlast you, going to outlast your ancestor. That phone is time itself. You know what I mean? Like that Nokia ain't dying. But so much has changed since the 80s and the 90s where you had those, those phones. And how strange would it be if we were having a conversation and, and, and all of a sudden, you hear a call. Now, this ringtone, you're like, I don't recognize that. And I pull out this old Nokia. I pull that antenna up, flap that dust cover down. Hey, what you, what you need? And you're thinking, what is wrong with this guy? Just, I would hope, I would hope that if we're any type of decent friends, that you'd say, you know, that te- you, there are better phones out there than that. Like, that technology is kind of obsolete. They, they, they've got upgrades out there now. They've got better phones. They've got, they've got upgrades. And yet, we have Christians that are walking around today, and they are living in obsolete faith. They are, they're, they're so much more to Christianity than praying and receiving God and then going about your way. There's so much more than just church on Sundays. There's so much more than, than, than walking around with this list of do's and don'ts and trying to live a good life. And there's so much more to Christianity than the life that you're living, if that's you. And I'm here to tell you today, There's an upgrade available. There's an upgrade. You don't have to live in a faith that's powerless anymore. There's an upgrade available. You don't have have to live a life that's half in and half out. Because there's an upgrade available. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, going through verse 5, it says this. And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. Paul's writing this. And he said, when I came to you, the church of Corinth... He said, when I came to you, I didn't come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. 
My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but in demonstration of God's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Guys, I'm going to tell you a secret here. (laughs) The, The only reason... That any preaching in this church is any good is not because of human wisdom and it's not because of my eloquence because if that was the case, y'all would have left a long time ago. The only reason that, that you can sit in here and maybe you get the goosebumps and you get the heart beating and you think about all this is because there is a spirit that gives power to these words. And every single word that is spoken in here that is, that is straight from the mouth of Jesus has a life to it. And that the spirit gives it life and as it hits your heart, he finds a way to connect the dots in a way that only you, can, only you can deal with, only you can understand. Now the writer here, Paul, he's telling this Corinthian church, hey, there's so much more to this thing than eloquent speech. There's so much more to this thing than, than wisdom and human reasoning. There, there's, there's the power, the Spirit's power is what gives this thing life. Now I know some of you, when I talk about the Holy Spirit, Maybe the Holy Ghost. You, you might shy away from it. You might shy away from it. Maybe some experiences that you've had have been not so great with a church that was, I don't know. I don't, I'm going to be very careful here because I'm, I'm not trying to dishonor anybody. But I know that some of us might have had um, different experiences with churches that are more charismatic, more Pentecostal, more, more uh, spirit-filled than, than what we're experiencing here. By the way, let me tell you, there is no less Holy Spirit in this room than any church in this, this community because when the words of Jesus are declared, the Holy Spirit's right there declaring them, okay? That's all I'm going to say about that. But I want to tell you that I'm going to do my absolute best not to dishonor any churches or denominations here with these messages. I've got nothing of love but love and respect for every pastor and every church leader that's in this community. But let me say this. If this was you and you've had some bad experiences with what the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, and maybe it was a little bit weird and you kind of shied away from Christianity because of it. I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit is wild, the Holy Spirit is unpredictable, but the Holy Spirit is not weird, okay? People are weird. It's just, it's the truth, okay? People are weird, and I know, and I know sometimes, sometimes people get it wrong. Sometimes people make mistakes, and that's okay, People are just people, but as hard as it can be, I don't want you to form your view of God based on the experiences that you've had with other people, okay? So let me tell you a story, all right? I told you I was going to tell you a little bit about my, my past. Um, we have time for another, a little small story here, another story, a little, little ghost story, <laughs> you know what I mean? Ooh, no, nobody, okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, here's one more story for you. Um, at the time... It was 2013, 2014. I was was traveling around. I was was traveling in ministry. I was what you'd call an evangelist. And I had a crimson red mohawk. I'm not lying. Crimson red mohawk. Like, um, if you want to see it, I'll show it to you later. I'm trying to figure out what kind of, I I don't have any red. It was... It was about as red as the exit signs, okay? It was crimson red. And so I went to this church one time. It was a Pentecostal church, and we were, we were kind of helping to minister there. And, and, and we were, you know, we were in the revival because that's, that's what you do. You, everybody's in revival. 
And so there's this lady there that she was prophesying over people and she was praying over people. And, uh, and just like would usually happen during the music, she picked me out of the crowd. It was really easy to spot me with my red mohawk. She picked me out of the crowd and, so, and she came over to me and she said this to me. She said, this is what the Lord says. I'm like, I'm listening. You know, I'm ready for this. This is what the Lord says. Tonight is the night that you need to finally surrender your life to Jesus. And so imagine her surprise when right after the music, I jump up on stage and start preaching. Some of y'all get that in a second. First time my wife saw me, she thought I was there to get saved too. I don't know, it's something about the Mohawk. Just people don't love it. I don't know, I don't have it here. It wouldn't go over well, I don't think. So anyway... I say that to say sometimes people miss it. Sometimes people are wrong because I absolutely was not there to get saved. I was there to try to help other people get saved. But I learned this a long time ago. You don't need to be listening to me. You don't need to be listening to all of my wisdom because if that was the case, you'd, you'd have all been, we'd have been done by now. I still got eight minutes left. Y'all would have been done 12 minutes ago. But it's the, it's the Holy Spirit that when I minister the word that I feel like God's wanting to speak, it's the Holy Spirit that's connecting this to your heart in such a special and a unique way, okay? So as you're wondering about what does the Holy Spirit do, when you, when you walk away from here and you're like, man, that spoke to me, that's him. That's not me, that's him. And he's speaking to me, he's connecting the dots, okay? So upgrade available Three characteristics, I'm going to go real fast, three characteristics this morning that I just want to share about the Holy Spirit because there's something more than what we're living. Okay, number one, the Holy Spirit isn't just helpful, He's essential. He's not just helpful, He's essential. Leaning into this whole phone illustration, maybe, maybe a little too hard, you might say, at the end of today. <laughs> you, you, you went a little bit too, too hard in the paint there, buddy. Leading into this, you can say it like this. The Holy Spirit is not an app. He's the whole operating system. Okay, He's not an add-on to our faith. He is our faith. Like, like you can't live this Christian life without the Holy Spirit. The Bible has, has, has names for the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, your Bible wasn't originally written in uh, English, okay? It wasn't, it wasn't re- originally written that way. Um, there, there were two languages that it was written in. The first half is in Jewish. The, the, the second half is in Greek, okay? And so in the first half, the Holy Spirit, He is still present. He is still working just in different ways. He's referred to as the Ruach. And the, you got to get a little phlegm in there, the Ruach. You know what I mean? Speak a good, speak good uh, Hebrew today, okay? Um, so the, the, the Ruach is in the Old Testament, and, the, and then the New Testament, it's a little bit easier, he's referred to as Numa. Numa. And both of these words mean wind, violent gust, or, or breath. The Holy Spirit is breath. The ho- you know what? The Holy Spirit is, is life. That's what, it, that's what this is trying to convey. His word, his names are conveying that he is the breath of life that you need for your life. You just don't need the Holy Spirit on Sundays to help you understand the message. You don't need him on Mondays, to, you, or you, you do need him on, on Mondays to maybe get the right attitude for the work that week. 
Like, you, you need them on Tuesdays when you have that presentation that you're delivering and you're scared to death about it. You just don't need them on Sundays. You need them on Saturdays because you're going to the family gathering and you can't stand half of them, okay? You know what, I mean? you know what I'm talking about, okay? You know you got some crazy family members. If you don't know who the crazy family member is, it's you, okay? Just throwing that out there. Anyway, that one was for free. The Holy Spirit is helpful. He is helpful, but even more, he's essential. He's essential to your life. The Christian life without being led by the Holy Spirit is one that suffers the same defeats over and over and over again. You need to yield your life to the presence and the direction of the Holy Spirit because that is where you're going to find your victory. That's where you're going to find your victory in life. And I am convinced through all of my years as a Christian, all of my years as a Christian leader, that the Christians that are always getting beaten down by life are the ones who refuse to yield their lives to the Spirit of God. It's really that simple. You want victory? Be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. You want to win at life? The Holy Spirit is essential. Number two, number two. The Holy Spirit isn't a force, he's a person. The Holy Spirit isn't a force, he's a person. As I've been talking today, one thing I want to point out, that you haven't heard me refer to the Holy Spirit of God as an it. You hear me calling him a he, because he's a person. And that means there's a relational aspect of this. There's a relational component of this. It's not transactional, it's relational. And, and, and where, this, where there is a relationship, there is communication. There's a voice. Now, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into this in more detail in later weeks, but I just want to tell you, when I say the voice of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God, to me, it's not an audible thing, okay? It's, it's more of an impression. When I, when I feel the Holy Spirit tell me something, I have an impression on my heart or in my head that, that hey, there's something, and I just got to trust it, and I got to go with it. And you know what? Half the time, three quarters of the time, it's right. The other 25% of the time, I look a little silly, okay? But it's okay. But this is how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. He, he, he'll put impressions on your heart. And listen, there's this relational aspect, though. He, he doesn't want to show up and help you do crazy things in service on Sunday and then leave again. That was... The, the, he wants to be involved in your entire life. He wants to be involved in the whole thing. Listen, the Holy Spirit isn't the power that helps you overcome obstacles. The Holy Spirit is the person that helps you overcome obstacles. You guys get the difference? He's not a force. He's a person. And let me say this. The Holy Spirit is God. He is God. Like, God is one, but he's, he's three distinct beings. Sometimes I, I'll explain it like this. I don't love this reference, but, but it's, like the, it's one of the only ones I, I can you know, have come up with at this point. But, but, but it's like government. If you take American government, you learn that the government is divided into three branches. The government is the entity, but it's divided into three branches. And it's just kind of like that with God. God is one, but there's three distinct beings. There's three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's why when we baptize somebody, you hear me say, baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because there's three individual distinct people that function as God. 
And listen, the Holy Spirit is God. He deserves to be honored as God. He deserves to be celebrated as God. He deserves to be communicated with as God. But he is the God that chooses to live inside of those that call ourselves Christ followers. He is God with us. When we talked about last Christmas, Emmanuel, Jesus, we can say that God is God with us because today the Holy Spirit is the one that lives inside of us. And then finally, this leads to my last point, number three, the Holy Spirit isn't reserved for the elite. He's for everyone. He's for everyone. And you know, there's this unfortunate hierarchy in some Christian circles that that those that go around operating in the power of the Spirit, they're, they're seen as more elite than those that don't. And, 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 it's, and it's sad. And if you haven't experienced this, I'm glad. Um, but many have. And, and I, think, I think this point is so important for everybody to hear. That, that the Holy Spirit isn't just for the special people of the world. He's not, he isn't just for the pastors or for the evangelists or for the prophets. The Holy Spirit is for everyone and all of us need him. You need him. I don't care what you're doing. If you're breathing, you need him. Let me say this. All y'all love kids. I love kids. When your kid gets saved, when your kid gives their life to Jesus... They don't get a Holy Spirit junior. They get the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that lives in you, lives in them. So sometimes y'all need to listen to your kids. Sometimes y'all need to listen to the voice of God that's speaking through your children. Anyway, I digress. But there is some elitism that exists sometimes in certain circles. And listen, the Holy Spirit shouldn't be producing an arrogance in people. The Holy, he actually produces a humility. Paul said, when I came to you, I came weak and I came trembling. When, when we looked at that verse and he was talking to the Corinthian church, he said, I was weak and I was trembling. There's a humility that's produced when we're captivated by the Holy Spirit. There shouldn't be an arrogance. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. The Holy Spirit makes me better than me. And the main job of the Holy Spirit in today's age is not to help us put on an incredible show at church or make us feel better about ourselves. The main job of the Holy Spirit is to point people towards Jesus. And if that's the case... The Holy Spirit's working on everyone all the time. Always pointing us towards Jesus. For the non-believer, he's trying to make your attention rest and focus on, on Jesus. Maybe for the first time. For the believer, the Holy Spirit's constantly trying to redirect our attention back to Jesus. Back to Jesus. Back to Jesus. So that means this. If in your life... Or in this church, there's anything that, that, that would draw your attention away from God into a person. That's not the work of the Holy Spirit. If at any time you start, you start idolizing me above God, you got to yield to the Holy Spirit. Because, because, listen, I hope I'm transparent. 
I hope you guys see straight through me and straight to him. Because that's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not to make you think this is a cool church, but to make you think that is an awesome God. The Holy Spirit isn't for the elite. He's for everyone. He doesn't exist to glorify us. He exists to glorify Jesus. Listen, your life doesn't have to be a life of defeat, a life of burden, a life of obligation, a life of purposelessness. There's an upgrade available. And it starts when you yield your life to the Spirit. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then... Have a great week.